pray with me. Holy Spirit, I give you access to my heart to do whatever you want to do. In Jesus' name. All right, that was just an excellent prayer right there. And, <laughs> and so I'm looking forward to this, but would you honor with me again Leif Hetland? Well, how is everybody doing? You're looking good. Say, I look good. I want you to say, I look good. Because I'm made in his image. And he looks good. So there's something of Papa that is the reflection in each one of us. And one of the challenging things, actually, it was fun because we talked, it was part of our a kind of a twin thing going on yesterday as we were just talking about our journey. I had a CEO that called me and he says, I want to give you a challenge for 28 days. I want you to look in the mirror and to say that you look good. And I want you to look in the mirror and I want you to love the person in the mirror the way that God loves the person you see in the mirror. And I want you to see in the mirror for the next 28 days. And I kind of, it's a little awkward. But after a little while, you're renewing your mind, and you suddenly start to get the reminder of what Papa has to say about you. And then after a while, suddenly something is changing about your countenance. Because uh, what we are beholding is also what we are becoming. And I was just sharing some... Uh, uh, there was a lot of things I was sharing yesterday. And uh, the, the purpose was not for you to take notes. Usually, often what I do is, it's like when I go to the Philippines, I tell them, don't take notes because usually the rest of the year you can take notes. Get the CD, get it transcribed, and start to take notes because, because often what I do is I, I can throw about eight or nine different messages. I'm going to just give you one message that I'm not planning to preach, but it was in my spirit. So I wanted just to give you a free message. Is that okay? Uh, just like a, this is called a seven, eight minutes. Somebody the other day uh, just asked me to do uh, what they asked me to do. There were six different messages they wanted me to preach at once. And pretty much what I did is I took five, six, and then we had an impartation or an activation. Then we did another activation and et cetera. So I'm just... Uh, I'm going to say this, and then we're going to do an activation exercise, watch a video, and then I will go into the teaching. But I was just thinking about, just think about any situation you're going through right now. Just think about it. Any problem. How many of you have a problem, by the way? Wave to me. Okay, that's very good. You are a candidate for a miracle. Anyone that didn't raise your hand, you're not a candidate for a miracle. And let me remind you, deception is very deceiving. Here's what, I, here's what I was thinking about. Any problem you are going through right now, I want you to think about it. Could be financial, could be health, could be relational, could be certain crisis that you're going through. Any problem. Can you think about it? Just think right now. Something that comes to your mind when I said, is there a problem? Do you have it? Wave to me when you have it. And if not, I will wait a little bit more and, and, and mention some more things. 
I'm just hearing that God has an answer for your problem. Would you like to hear what it is? Here's what God says. I am. Just think about any situation you are going through, what you are right in the middle of right now. God says, I am. Anything. Just think about it. He says, I am. I am. I am your physician. I am your sufficiency. I am your faithfulness. I am your provider. I am your strength. I am your promise. I am your covenant. Any issue you're going through, he says, I am, I am, I am. Your response is, you are. You are good. You are strong. You are beautiful. You are my physician. You are my provider. You are my health. You are. You are. You are. Just think about it. And you can just make the list of the things and you will find out God says, I am. Your response is, you are. You are. You are. God says, I am. You say, you are. Say, you are. And then you will start to see your family, your community, the region, California, the nation. Do you know what they will say? He is. He is. He is. He is good. He is faithful. He is supreme. He is big. He is lovely. He is awesome. He is amazing. He is. He is. But it starts with us getting a revelation about any situation, I am. God says, I am. So make your list, I am. I'm just giving a little mini freebie. This is included in this afternoon session. I'm just sensing such a generosity. I almost want to give you a couple of extra scripture verses for free. I'm so generous. So God says, I am our response. So just think about it. Every single time you have an issue, I want you to just to make it on the list. Write down what your issue is and then make another line across from it and you will see that God says, I am. Find something in the nature, something in the character, something in the attributes of who he is that is opposite to the very thing that they experience and starts to acknowledge and focusing on that attributes with God because what you are beholding is actually what you are becoming. And the reality now what you become is what you will start to release and change something in the atmosphere that the people around you will start to see the manifestation of what you become and they will start to say, he is. Are, are you getting it? Is it getting you? Just, uh, it happened last night, she said, yeah. So just any issue? Do you have an issue? What is his response? Okay, let's just uh, use a biblical example since I'm warming up my voice. <clears throat> Moses. Do you remember Moses? I love Moses. Moses, even as a young boy, do you remember? I mentioned yesterday, every single one of us, we're carrying a destiny over our life. 
There's something within you. There's a unique you. There's a special sauce. There's something that each one of us are carrying that 7.2 billion in the people in this world is waiting for being manifested. And that is also connected to glory because when you are becoming what you are, most of the people are trying to become what they already are. We call it discipleship. Let me say that again. Most of us, we are trying to become what we already are. We call it discipleship. And even all the core roots and all the core testings that you're going through is based upon a very simple thing. And I'm just going to simplify this whole thing. If you go to heaven, and I, I, can I just stretch also our theology here for a few moments. Just imagine if you went back again to the garden. Garden of Eden before sin came in. You maybe think that is safe. But it is not. There was still a serpent in the garden. What about if we took a trip to heaven? Let's go back to heaven where there was three archangels. And let's go before the throne and see this one archangel named Lucifer. And let's start to see it here. But there was still something missing in heaven. And I know that's strange for us to believe. But it was something in Lucifer that made him rebel. And what was the root of Lucifer in the middle of it? I'm going to give you a value. It was not just a love deficiency. Do you know what it was? It was a truth deficiency. And I'm going to explain that for one second. It was a truth deficiency that led to a love deficiency. That started to devalue. Because here is the root. Is God really good? Am I really good enough or am I really value? That's the whole root. That's what came into the garden and that's still the battlefield on planet earth. And that's the battlefield that you and I are going through. We can talking about the goodness of God and God is good and he's good all the time. But when push comes to shove, the question is, is God good? And we say yes and amen to that. But is God really good? Do you believe? Do you trust in His goodness? Are you saying, show me, show me, show me, and I will trust you? Or are you saying, I trust you, I trust you, I trust you, and you will show me? Because that you know the very nature, the character, the attributes, you know who He is. The major root from the beginning was Lucifer. He had what I call an orphan spirit, and he needed an orphanectomy. And there's a lot of people that need an orphanectomy. Lucifer had this very thing. Here's, here's the core value of the lie, and it came into the garden, and it's still the root issue today. And here's what Lucifer thought. Is God good, and am I really valuable is God actually withholding something from me if God is good why is he the father and I am not the father why is he the father and I am just a worship leader why is he the senior pastor and I'm the associate pastor uh, why did he get invited into the dinner and I did not can you see the issue why is he blessed and I am not that same root issue is tripling all over the world. This is where Lucifer started. I want to be like the Most High. I want to be like Him. And you can read it in Isaiah 14, Ezekiel 28. You can go through the list and it goes this, I, 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 I. Because what he's actually questioning the very goodness of God, he believed that God is withholding. If I become like God, then I will feel better about myself. That was the root. 
And that's how he left heaven, rebelled with one-third of the angels, and they are called demons. And that's how he ended up in the garden. So the question in the garden is, listen, if you eat from this tree, you're going to be like Papa. Don't you want to be like Jesus? Oh, yes. Well, if you do this, then you're going to be like him. Because the theology is, I believe, I behave, and then I belong. But that is not the kingdom theology. It will bring you to heaven, but it will not bring heaven to you. The kingdom theology is, say, I believe, I belong, I behave. It is not what you do that makes you who you are. It is who you are that makes you do what you do. And that's the battlefield, and it was in the garden. So what do you actually say? They are already made in his image. All that Papa has is theirs. And the enemy is coming in and trying to offer them something. And if you get this, then you're going to feel better about yourself. When everything that Papa has is theirs. It is like with a prodigal brother out on the field working and striving. When Papa says, all that I have is yours. Why are we living in insufficiency when you can live in abundance? Why are we living towards inheritance instead of from inheritance? Why are we living towards victory instead of from victory? And it's the same old lie. Is God really good? Am I really valuable? So if you eat from this, then you're going to feel, you're going to learn, you're going to know something that God knows, and you're going to feel more important. You're going to feel more valued. Can you see the whole lie, the deception that came in? And I didn't realize at that moment on, as I ate from that tree, there was no longer that connection, no longer able to hear his voice. No longer able to see his face. No longer able to feel his love. No longer able to experience his presence. And that's what we were created for. And no longer abiding in his presence and in his pleasure. Say, hearing his voice, say that with me. That's the prophetic culture. Seeing his face, being beauty seekers. Feeling his love, say feeling his love. Because it takes away all fear. Experiencing his presence. Experiencing his presence. And then living in his pleasure. That's what we were created for. That's what Papa had for each one of us. But what the enemy is going to do is say, if you do this and that, then you're going to feel loved. No, I am already loved. And that's what the starting point was yesterday. Was to get the A+. It was to get the look. The ones that was here yesterday. It was to get the pleasure of Papa before you throw the ball. It was to get the A-plus on your report card before you take the test. And I proved it theologically speaking. That's what Jesus had. He had an A-plus before the exam. Are you getting it? Because when you're starting to look at the right report card, your behavior is going to come out of belonging. It's going to come out of what Papa says about you. So when the enemy comes in, and said, well, if you are a son of God, then you turn this rock into bread. If you are a son, if you really are a Christian, you do this. <laughs> no, I don't need to do that. Because I know who I am and whose I am. I have looked at the right report card, and it says A+. Plus. My papa is already well pleased with me. There's nothing you can offer me. I'm already satisfied. I'm already complete. Everything that my papa has belongs to me. 
And this is just the basic foundation of a theology that I believe as a, that we need to settle. But here is just a little story just on Moses as I'm warming up my voice. And that was Moses himself. I'm still warming up my voice. Is this good? Are you, are you getting something? But this is a basic good. Normally, I like to take you on an eight-hour journey from eternity past into eternity future. But I'm going to spare you for the details. But just to take you on a journey, and then you understand the time, and then you know what to do. The Kairos moment we are living in, and then understanding how to invest your time, talent, and treasure right. But right now, what I wanted to say is, here's just a shift that is taking place in the kingdom that is connected to the message and this whole heart revival that we're seeing. The heart reformation, the heart transformation. The heart revolution that is going on where Papa is turning the hearts of the fathers towards the children. Children's hearts towards the father, both in the spiritual but also in the natural. There's heart connections taking place. He's restoring us back again to fullness. So we no longer live from measure, but we can live from fullness. Are you getting it? And is it getting you? So here is the situation. Moses! Moses, here is the situation. Here he is. He has a calling and he is called. There is a destiny over his life to become a deliverer of his people. What is the destiny over your life? Who are you? Who were you before you were in your mother's womb? What is the DNA that God placed in you before the foundation of the world? What is it that is so unique about you? What is your special sauce? What is your sweet spot? What, is, what are you coming into a convergence with? What, what, what is it that you are carrying that is so unique and so valuable that you can add value to everybody else? Because you know your special instrument. You know who you are and whose you are. And you know what you are carrying. What is that? And that's something that believers are spending their lifetime pursuing and looking for and finding. And when you find it, suddenly you will wake up in the morning with passion and you will become a dreamer and perhaps a world changer. And if that is to change your family, if that's to change your church or your business, but you will start to change the world around you because the world inside has changed. You will not be a thermometer, but you will be a thermostat. When you're coming into the room, you will set the temperature in the room because of the temperature here is set. So here we are. Moses and then what the enemy finds out, ooh, there is some destiny over this guy. Let's kill all the baby boys. He goes to this system that is around, and he goes in and says, let's kill all the baby boys. Because he is picking up in the spirit realm that God is up to doing something. There is supposed to be a deliverance. If we kill all the baby boys, that's going to be the safety net. And we know the order of Pharaoh, but we also know the story. And sometimes I feel sorry for the devil. Just sometimes, not too often. I, I have not prayed for the devil yet. But there's something when I'm looking at the devil in history and I see every single time that the enemy is going in there, I see somehow, can't you play your cards a little bit better? Because I'm seeing the devil is, is, is suddenly recognizing. I mean, he goes to Pharaoh. He's going to kill all the baby boys. We know the story. Mama saves the boy. And eventually a princess... Of Pharaoh picks him up, brings him into the palace, and then the mama actually ends up raising him. So mama gets to raise the boy, but get to raise him in the palace. 
And then in the palace, he learned the language. He learned the culture. He learned the economy. He learned all the system of Egypt. He learns everything that is needed until he has all the PhDs that is needed. After 40 years in the school of Egypt, he has everything that is needed to be qualified to be one that is going to be the world changer, to be the deliverer. 40 years. And the enemy, when he's going in there, he didn't realize that the enemy, when he was trying to kill all the baby boys, that he ended up paying for the diaper bills. Pharaoh had to pay for all the education system. He had to pay for language training, for everything else. That's often the way that you see things as happening. Because God uses all things out for good. And if there's nothing bad, there's very few things that you can use to good. And the way you look at bad is going to be very different. If you see it from the right perspective. If you see it from heaven's view. So here in the middle of this, and here is the beautiful part of the story, as I'm about to just put it together. It took about 40 years for Moses to get everything that Moses needed to be qualified. Say qualified. But the problem is when he is qualified, that's when you get disqualified in the kingdom. Moses has everything that is needed to be able to be the person. He knows the culture. He knows the language. He knows everything else. And finally, you come to the ordination. Now, finally, Moses is about to be ordained, and he's about to start his ministry. And the first day on the job, he kills an Egyptian. To be a murderer is not a good thing the first day you get ordained. So he kills an Egyptian, and as he kills this Egyptian, in the next moment, what is taking place, the problem gets worse. The next day, the second day of ministry, two Israelis are fighting, and he's going in to stop the fight. And they're saying, are you going to do to us what you did to the Egyptian? And at that moment, fear came in. And he realized, and he starts to run for his life. And for the next 40 years, Moses, he has a rod, and he runs into the wilderness. He run into the desert and becomes a shepherd. So he spent the next 40 years to become disqualified. The first 40 years to be qualified. Now another 40 years to be disqualified. And after about 40 years in the wilderness, I am sure if you looked at the big rod and the staff, the shepherd's rod and the staff, you would say, wow. I mean, this guy is a great shepherd. I mean, he has a PhD in shepherdology or whatever it's called. I mean, this guy is brilliant. I mean, look here. I mean, he even have Bishop Moses on the staff. I can see this whole thing with Moses. And Moses has everything. I mean, he's very comfortable right now in the wilderness, in the secret places. And he's out there taking care of sheep. And then suddenly now God comes in. And this is the beautiful picture. And it's connected to the paradigm shift. Because we've had a kind of the first system. We have all these people that seems to be qualified. And then we don't understand when the shaking goes on. Because God is about to shake everything that can be shook. So the only thing that is unshakable is going to stand. And that there is an unshakable kingdom. And there's two different ways of doing business. So what is happening now in the next? He says, okay, Moses. And then he has a burning bush experience. And we know that story. I'm not going to give you the eight-hour details of this. But the burning bush experience, you have a supernatural encounter. Say supernatural encounter. I believe all of us, many of you had a supernatural encounter yesterday. We need encounters. We need supernatural encounters. But right after the supernatural encounter, burning bush experience, 
Remember, 40 years qualify, 40 years disqualify, burning bush experience. This is the pattern. And then we are moving in to the next thing. And God steps on the scene and is calling Moses. And when God is calling Moses, Moses is coming in and saying, God, you don't understand. What am I going to tell to the Egyptian when they tell? Just say, I am. I am. And I'm sure that Moses would say, well, that's not good grandma, God. I am have sent me. That sounds very good. I'm going to Apple, getting a job. God is saying that I'm supposed to be an executive. I'm going to be the second to the president of the company and just tell them that I am have sent me. That's my qualification. Looks very good on my resume. That's exactly what God said. Say, I am have sent you. And I'm sure that Moses says, I am what? Oh. <laughs> I am. You are. And you're going to see this transition. I mentioned I started early with a three. I am, you are, he is. It is the pattern for transformation in a family culture. And God is changing our hearts. And he's taking out that 40 year and then disqualifying. And then when you're disqualified, you're qualified. And everyone that God is using in this season is walking with a limp. And so did Moses. There's something with everyone that God is using in a powerful way. And you can find there was a time in their life where they wrestled with God and they won. They got pinned. And you get pinned is when you can no longer move yourself. And you're totally inadequate. Without him, I can't do nothing. He's my strength. He's my source. He's my food. He's my life. He's my everything. There's something with every one of us where we've been in a place that without him, I am nothing. But in him, I am all things. It doesn't stop there. And then we're moving into this beautiful story. So God starts the journey with Moses. And Moses, what do you have in your hand? And this is the question, even in this afternoon session, and we're going to probably do two half. Half is this message and half the other side. So you get two half messages. I'm just following the Spirit. What do you have in your hand is my question. What do you have in your hand? Excuse me, sir. What do you have in your hand? What do you have in your hand? What do you have in your hand? What do you have? Well, I got a ministry. I, I got a good job. I got a good retirement program. Good at 401k. What do you have in your hand? I got a shepherd's rod. You need to understand the significant about this shepherd's rod is that the shepherd's rod is his protection. The shepherd's rod is his provision. The shepherd's rod is his retirement. The shepherd's rod is his identity. That's who he is. He is a shepherd. And this is what he's been for the last 40 years. And he's very comfortable of learning how to lean on the staff. Learning how to leave on, because this staff 
that he's holding in his rod that he's holding in his hand is very significant after 40 years. And then God steps into the scene. This is what's taking place in America. It's taking place in your life. It's taking place in this church. It's taking place this afternoon. What do you have in your hand? My biggest test was seven and a half years ago. Leif, what do you have in your hand? I said, I got a worldwide ministry. Hmm, interesting. What do you have in your hand? Well, we support 165 missionaries. What do you have in your hand? Well, we have these 22 nations that I'm fathering a movement. Leif, what do you have in your hand? Well, I got a beautiful wife and four children. Leif, what do you have in your hand? Well, I got an office with a staff. Leif, what do you have in your hand? Well, we have these books and I have this account. Leif, what do you have? And before you know it, he says, I want you to throw it down. I want you to throw it down. Lay it down. But God, God, don't you understand? You gave this. Lay it down. Moses, what do you have in your hand? I got a rod. Throw it down. But God, you gave this to me. I mean, this is my identity. God, this is my provision. God, this is my protection. God, 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 what do you have in your hand? Ministry. I spent all these years, God, paid all this. Is it your ministry or my ministry? Why does it hurt for you to give away something that doesn't belong to you? Has it suddenly changed a little ownership? Can there be some toxic serpentine nature, even in the gifts and the blessings and the favor and everything that God has given to us. And we do not even know the nature of it until we come to a point where it is total consecration and we lay down and we consecrate everything that God has given us. What do you have in your hand? Well, I got a son. Is it your son or my son? Well, it is your son, and, but you have given him to me. Do you trust me? Trust me. Trust me, and I will show you. Do you trust me? So lay it down. But, but God, we, we need so much money every month to be able to lay it down. And I know it sounds like a little heavy message. It's going to get good. Because there's upgrade. Say upgrade. How many here would like an upgrade? Wave to me. We know that everybody here pretty much had problems. Since you had a problem, we're about to lay down your problem. That's what we're going after is your problem. You didn't realize that there's toxic nature that is coming into so many of the different things that God has given to you. And we do not know it until we literally are laying down. So Moses, what do you have? God gave him that rod. God gave him that ministry. God gave him all of the different things. But God says, now the season has come. After burning bush, after an encounter experience, after that look, lay it down. And Moses, I'm sure that he is like God. And he wrestled like a lot of us will wrestle. I've wrestled for a long time. It took me a long time before I suddenly come in. And it was not just one thing. It was one thing after the other. It was hard to lay down. My wife. It's very precious to me. Four children lie down. A family economy lay down. A business lay down. A ministry lay down. Until eventually you stand there and you have absolutely nothing in your hand. And you have absolutely nothing. Say, God, I have absolutely nothing left. 
And he says, now we can begin. But what happened is Moses, as Moses said, God. And then suddenly he takes this rod. And I want you to do something. Let's stand up. We're going to do a few activations throughout this. This is going to be a little heavy duty, but it's going to be very free. It is going to be very healthy, but it just came to my spirit early on that this message. But I want you just to see. Just hold your hands out like you have a rod in your hand. And I want you just to just imagine if you have a rod in your hand. The rod is representing, it could be representing your identity, can be representing blessings, can be representing anything, but it has something to do with uh, different things in your life that you're carrying. It can be burdens, it can be shame, it can be guilt, it can be so many different things, but it can also be blessing. But God is right now just saying, what do you have in your hand? Well, I, I got this ministry. Ah, well, I, I, I got this responsibility. Well, I, 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 got, I got this big mortgage. Well, God, I, I got these uncertainties. God, I got whatever comes to your mind right now. Just look at that rod. Visualize it in your hand and put it all into this rod. Anything that you have. Just feel it. There it is. Oh, whoa. Shh. Bah. Whoa. Oh, go. I feel. Whoa. Just feel it. What do you have? What do you have? What do you have? That illness, put it in on the rod. There's about to be an upgrade. What do you have in your hand? What do you have in your hand? I feel the weight of the Father right now as he's just, all we wanted to do to start off this afternoon is we're just going to get rid of something that we don't have to carry, and then we're going to pick up something that is different, that is an upgrade. Now I want you to just see it in the front of you. Whoa, I even saw a little gold on that. Whoa. <laughs> sure. Now. Can everybody here just nod your head to me since you have the rod in you? Lift up your rod, by the way, over your head. Hold it up. Does, does everybody have something in your rod? Everybody have something in the rod that you know that you're carrying? And it doesn't need to be bad. It can just be something that you do not know yet. You do not know if there's come any serpentine nature or poisonous thing in it until it is lied down. Moses didn't. But at this moment, now what you have in your hand, I want you just to lay it down on the ground. Just lay it down right there. Let go of it. Whoa. Let go. Show. Lay down your sickness. True. Lay down your financial burdens. Whoa. Lay down your ministry. Show. Lay down. Whoa. Just lay it down. Lay down. And I want you to look. You have nothing in your hand right now. Just look. There's nothing. There's nothing. But did you know when you threw down that rod, it became a serpent? That's what happened. Whoa, sure. There was a serpentine nature. Moses ran away from it. It's like, oh, I didn't know that was there. Because it has a poisonous nature of anything that we have hold on to. And it become our identity instead of God's identity. 
and we're going to change it. <laughs> now, now, we're going to do the next step. And he said, do you see that serpent? Do you see that, all of that stuff, that ministry? Do you see that? Whoa, do you see the health situation? Do you see that relationship? Do you see that son of yours? Do you see that spouse of yours? Do you see those hurts? Do you see all of those different things? It's right in that rod. Now I want you to pick it up. But by, excuse me, before you pick it up, I want you to see, I want you to pick it up after the tail. And you say, well, what, God? God, if I do that, do you need to understand the business and it's going to be loose? I don't know much about snakes. I'm Norwegian, but I know that you should, if, if they had ears, that's where you're supposed to lift it up. That would be safe. But no, the tail. What is important in that? And as soon as you now, I want you to reach down and pick it up. And it looks like it's tough and difficult where you're about, but just starts to visualize you go down and pick up. If that was ministry, if it was health, it was finances, whatever it was, bend down and pick it up. Just uh, and put it up and hold it in your hands. And I want you just, we're going to do this exercise together right now, but I want you, whoa, I want you to start to look at it. By the way, it is no longer your rod. From a serpent, it became God's rod. No longer you with a rod, but now it is God with a son and a daughter that has his rod, his ability, his strength. His sufficiency, his ministry, his economy. Whoa! His overflow. So, it is all, the miracle is in him. The best thing about God is God. We're not even started to do anything. This is just in the beginning stages. <laughs> I want you just to see what you hold there. What do you have in your hand? I got a rod. Say, I got a rod. I got God's rod. I got God's health. I got his economy. I got, whoa. I got his covenant. I got his promises. I got his authority. I got his sufficiency. Whoa. I got it. Whoa. I got it. It is yours. So now let's start. Let's just see. Let me just take you through. We're going to go a little bit deeper, but I know it's going to be. There's deliverance and freedom for people. You're going to let go of some things. and we, Whoa. You're going to get some upgrades in some things. But I want you to see right now. And the next thing that God up, just continue to be here and part of this little exercise with me. But, but here we're seeing that he's saying, whoa. He said, whoa. Now God says, what you see, you have in your my, my hand. That's my rod. So whenever you're facing something. and So Moses starts now with mission impossible. And that's your life. You started out with something that you needed that God only could do. But now you got God's rod. You got his abilities. I got his ability. I got his sufficiency. You are, you are, you are, you are my strength. You are my sufficiency. You are my healer. Whoa. It's your ministry. It's your voice. It's your family. You are, you are. And the world is about to say, he is, he is, he is. 
when they are seeing sons and daughters with gods. Are you getting it? Soon it's going to get you. Let me take you one step deeper. Moses is taking three and a half, about three, three and a half million people. And he's starting there. But these three and a half million people, whatever your obstacle is, can be connected to this. But this is a big obstacle. And these people are not the easiest people. They are whiners. They are complainers. They are, they are not like beautiful people like you. They are like, <laughs> all of these people are gone. And then Moses finally has had enough of all of those different things and says, God, we got this problem. God, don't you understand? I mean, you are the one that called me to, to pass to these people and they are whining and complaining and they want to go back again to the slavery and the world system. And here I am. I'm supposed to deliver. God, well, and God, God said, what's the problem? Problem, I just told you what the problem I don't understand. This is an emergency. There's three and a half million of them. That's a lot. That's a big church. Excuse me, Moses. What did you say the problem was? God, are you not hearing me? What is the, listen, what is the problem? What is the problem in your life? What is the problem? And Moses is like, well, those people, those people, yeah, uh, uh, well, excuse me, Moses, what do you have in your hand? I got you. I got your sufficiency. I got your authority. I got your anointing. I got your presence. I got your promises. I got you. I got your beauty. I got your splendor. I got your majesty. I got your honor. I got your glory. I got your power. I got, excuse me, Moses, what did you say the problem was? Excuse me, God, but actually I don't have a problem. God, you have a problem. You have three and a half million people. And, and, and they are your people. Uh, so what are you going to do about it? That's a very good question, Moses. Next situation, I'm just giving you because this is life. This is life on a daily basis for each one of us. Next situation comes along. What do you have in the hand is going to be the question that you're not going to remember from the first half of the session. There's two points that I want to get across this afternoon. And this is, what do you have in your hand? The second, and there's many incidences, but the second question is, God, not a situation. This time, I see the whole army of Egypt is coming and, and, and they're coming to kill us. I mean, I'm, I'm in a heat. They are Ooh, enraged. I mean, they come in with the fire and the chariots and all the, God, God, ooh, why have you forsaken me? What is going on? And uh, by the way, right in the front of us is the Dead Sea and there's no way I can get three and a half million people across here and, and so on one side the enemy is trying to kill me. Have you been in that, have you had one of those bad hair days? Whatever your circumstances are, think about it right now. 
On one side, this is what's happening. The enemy is attacking me and is attacking my family, is attacking my finances. And on the other side, I'm caught between the rock and the hard place. So what's the problem? I just told you what is the problem. I don't have the time to... What, what do you have in your hand? I don't have time to talk about the rod right now. We, they're coming. Hurry. <laughs> Moses, what's the problem? And by the way, what do you have in your hand? What is it that I have given you? What is it that I placed in you? Many times we are asking God to do what he has called us to do. We call it prayer. He call it disobedience. What do you have in your hand? It has all to do with what kind of a rod. Is it your rod, your ministry, your finances, your family, your car, your this, your that? Just continue to fix one leak after the other. And then you ask God to bless what you are doing instead of doing what God is blessing. But the question is, what do you have in your hand? Oh, okay, God, I got a rod. Oh, that's not a sweet attitude. What kind of a rod? Is it your rod? Is that your ability? Is that your strength, your sufficiency, your... No, no, God, it's, it's yours. I've already laid down mine, and I picked up yours. Ah, good. So what did you say you have in your hand? I got your rod, God. I got your strength. I got your authority. I got your anointing. I got your honor. I got your glory. I got your presence. I got your, whoa, sufficiency. You are my deliverer. You are, you are, you are. Wow. Now the world is about to see. He is, he is, he is. So Moses, hold it up. And that's what Moses do. And he goes towards the Dead Sea. He makes a highway through. Whoa. Don't you think we need this in California? Don't we think we need this in our finances? Don't we think we need... Whoa! Sons and daughters. And the dead sea opens up. He's holding up the rod. He's holding up God. He's holding up the nature, the character, the promises, the attributes, the love, the value... The power, the authority, he's holding it up. And he's walking through and the armies, excuse me, the whole uh, Israel, three and a half million church family is following after him. And then the next moment when he just uses the rod, uses God's ability, God's authority, God's anointing, he closes this and the enemy is being drowned. One more and then. I will stop here because this is the family paradigm that's going to lead towards the second session after we do another activation exercise and we get the impartation here. And here it is. <laughs> You're getting so much. I'm saying that in the sense of there's a lot of nutrients here that you can go in and you're going to see it in every area of your life. It's a daily exercise for us with every issue when we start to say, what do I have in my hand? Is it me? Me against a giant? Or is it you, God, against a giant? Do I see how big the giant is or how big God is? Because it has all to do, what do you have in your hand? 
This time, and here's the, last, the third picture. There's many more pictures. This is, whoa. But here, here's the next picture. He said, hey, God, now we have another issue. The enemy is attacking us, and, and it seems like darkness is coming in and it's attacking us. We lost this one battle in California, and then we lost another battle, and, and it seems like we as believers is becoming tail instead of head. That's pretty much Moses' situation. Amalekites is coming in, and here's what's happening. And, ooh, another situation, God. And I know about the rod. This time it's not the rod, but I'm tired. Is there anybody that is tired here? Just wave to me. You feel the fatigue because the enemy is trying to wear us out. Do not grow weary in well-doing because in the proper time you will reap the harvest if you do not faint. So what do you have in your hand? But God, I'm tired. I've been standing on your word. I've been standing on your promises. I've been resting in your presence. But God, and he says, I want you to find an Aaron and a her. You're no longer going to do this alone. This is going to be a family business. The rod business is a family business. And I want you to get a family around that would hold up the rod together. So when somebody is tired, somebody else comes and lift up the arms of those people so we can hold up the promises over one another. So we can hold up and just remind one another, what do you have in your hand? I'm tired. My arms is coming down and the enemy seems to be winning, but I can't hold it up any longer. Let me hold it up a little bit for you right now. Let me just hold up your arms. Just hold up your arms for a few moments. Just hold it. See the rod right now. Whatever where the enemy has been attacking you, where darkness has come in and darkness has attacked, I want you just to feel it right now. Because right now, I want the people that are around you right now, just find somebody to hold on to the people. Let's just start to connect with one another. Just starts to bring somebody, at least three, three and three together, and just starts to hold on to one another. And I just want you to release. Release God's ability. Each person in this group, release God's ability. Release God's favor. Release God's authority. Release. Just start all over the place. One can do a thousand, two, ten thousand. But it is time for us. If the enemy attacks one of us, he attacks all of us. We are family. If the enemy is attacking one of us, he is attacking all of us. We are family. When I'm tired, somebody's going to help me to hold up the rod. Hold up his promises. Hold up his present. Hold up his healing. Hold up. Whoa! Sha, 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 sha. Whoa, she. Just feel it. Then I just feel the burdens is going to be lifted up. As soon as we're holding up this rod now together, we're going to start to see over your life over your marriage, over your children, over your finances, over your community, whatever is your problem. We're going to start to see light is moving in right now as we're holding up the rod together. I want you to visualize whatever your problem, whatever your setting. This is what I call a cluster anointing, a corporate anointing. As we're holding up one another, we're lifting up one another, and we are saying, yes, 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 whoa, there comes fire, fire, fire. Shoo, shoo, shoo. Hold up the rod. Hold up the rod. Hold up his promises. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Wow. Show more. Show more. Father, all over this place right now, I just see victory. 
I'm just seeing right now that there is clouds that is changing. I'm seeing the sun is coming through these dark clouds and it's coming in. Hope is coming back. Whoa, hope defer makes the heart sick. But when you start to desire again and dream again, it is the tree of life. Hold it up, hold it up. Don't give up. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That is show. Waves and waves and waves. Let it just start to follow. Waves and waves and waves. Let it just start to follow. Breakthrough, 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 breakthrough. Breaker anointing. Hold up the rod. Hold up his promises. Hold up his sufficiency. Whoa, look up even when things does not. <laughs> Whoa, Baba. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Be free in the name of Jesus. Be blessed in the name of Jesus. I'm hearing just guilt-free and shame-free in the name of Jesus. There's no guilt in his rod. There's no shame in his rod. There is no blackmailing his rod. Whoa! His rod is pure. Whoa! Shoo. Here we are to worship. Here we are to bow down. Here we are to say that you are my God. Here we are to worship. Here we are to bow down. Here we are to say that you're my God. You're all together lovely. All together worthy, all together wonderful to me. Here we are to worship, here we are to bow down, here we are to say that you're my God. You're all together lovely, all together worthy, all together wonderful to me. I want you just to feel that in the atmosphere there's peace right now. Shalom. There is peace. It is his business. It is his family. It is his problem. And when it becomes his problem, it becomes your promise. You can only receive a promise. I want you to hear that. You can only receive a promise. He says to any of your situation, he says, I am. I am. I am. I want you to say, you are. You are. You are. And the people will say, he is. He is. He is. Father, I just thank you so much. Just lift our hands and let's surrender as we are holding our hands up and we're just surrendering to a lifestyle. A paradigm shift. <laughs> sure. I just release now. There's glory. <laughs> there is grace. There is goodness. 
I want you to know that there is no condemnation in this message. There's a conviction for you to not have to carry something that doesn't belong to you. Because he says, my burden is easy and my yoke is light. If you feel there's a burden and it is a pressure, lay it down. And it's a daily thing to check what you have. Is it yours or is it his? And if not, lay it down, consecrate it, and then pick up something that belongs, that comes from him, that is his. And he knows how to take care of his business his way, with his power. I bless you in the name of Jesus. I bless you to be free. I bless you to be healed. I bless you to be prosper and to be in good health, even as your soul prosper. Wow. I bless. I want you to hear this. He says, I will bless the rest of your life. I will bless the rest of your life. Because rest is your weapon of warfare. You're going to wear the enemy out by resting. And he says, I'm going to bless the rest, the rest, the rest of your life. Because when you are resting, God says, I am working. And resting is coming into a trust and in such a, whoa, Alignment with Papa of who he is. And all I do is what my Papa is doing. All I say what my Papa is saying. It is the Father's business in Jesus' name. Can we give him a good hand? Woo! Hallelujah! Wow, that's powerful. (laughs) You may be seated if you can. Uh, I don't know even if this is a totally shift, but we're going to do an act. I need 10 people to help me that uh, has never helped me before in any exercise. Come up here. 10 people that has never been up here when I've asked you to come up for an exercise. Yes, yes, yes. You're qualified, qualified. There's a lot of qualified, but you also qualify. Qualify, qualify. Oh, wow. Okay. I think we got him. Let's stop here. Come. Yeah, come. We take care. This is good. Okay, are we ready for, first, before we go there, I want to make sure, because this is part of the afternoon, we are starting something, and uh, by the way, just for the ones that don't know me, uh, I have a ministry named Global Mission Awareness, and we are a family of families that are blessing the nations on the earth. My primary calling is the darkest places in the world, and especially the Muslim world, some of you saw the video and we're going to see another video tonight just taking you into the darkest places where we have seen over one million people in the Muslim world getting the names added to the Lamb's Book of Life. <laughs> we're just learning how to use his rod, his ability, his strength. Are you getting it? This is very deep. So every single day is just make a little list of what, what do you have in your hand? Let that be a daily question. Can we do that? Every single time you have a situation, every time the elders in the church are struggling with something, the question is, what do we have in our hand? Is it our problem or his? Is it, okay, should we lay it down? And we do not know until we consecrate it and lay it down, and there is nothing there. And we do not know before we have picked it up. Are we getting this little lesson? And then as we face the different situation, it changes very quickly. 
And now I want to take, because it's, it's connected a little bit to what I call stewardship of the supernatural. That's kind of the second part. So what we're going to do is a little exercise. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. That works well. Everybody face this way. Listen, I'm going to give you an instruction, and the whole audience here is watching. The instruction is all the way down in the line. I'm going to do something. It's going to require a creative miracle. How many of you believe in creative miracles? Okay. This is going to require a creative miracle. You're going to stay in a totally straight line. Here is your responsibility. Is there anyone here? Because I let some of you go if you, if you forget very quickly. You don't, very quickly you forget. You, I will dismiss you. Anyone that feel that qualification? Because I'm going to show some simple, but if you know you quickly forget it. Okay, all of you are qualified then. Are, are you, do you dare to be part of it? It's just fun. You cannot fail. You have an A+, plus, remember? So that, that, that's the beautiful part. You got an A-plus from me. I'm very proud of you. Even before you take this exam, I gave you an A-plus on my report card. Here is what I'm going to do. I am going to start with a person all the way down in the line. I will show the person a certain movement. That person waits all the way to I am finished. Then that person will tap the next person on the shoulder. When they tap you on the shoulder, you turn around. You look at the person, you wait until they have shown you exactly like I communicated it. Then you remember that. You tap the next person on the shoulder and that person concentrate. The important thing is you have to focus. Say the word focus. And don't be nervous. Say don't be nervous. Uh, because I, I want you to, can, can you make sure that everybody here now give 100% attention? Can we wave to me and say 100% attention? Okay, second of all, you watch closely, clearly, and wait till you see exactly what they're communicating. You do not turn around until somebody tap you on the shoulder. Everybody will be looking this way. They tap on the shoulder. When they tap on the shoulder, they will show you the movement. You wait till they are finished so you make sure you get it all. Then you tap the next person, and it's going to go down the line. My question to all of you as an audience, how many of you believe that they're going to be able to make it? <laughs> let me just, let me, let me, let me just, let me, let me just tell you something. The faith level in this room is pretty low right now. That's another word for expectation. So there's a very low level of expectation, which also elevate the pressure. And I want you to understand, the whole purpose, let me explain to the people, the reason I'm doing this, I have a point. And we're going to talk a little bit about it, because I just gave you the rod test. What is actually happening is, why is it that you can go out into traffic and you forgot about what rod you had? How do we forget these things and etc.? So we are about now to take you to the next level in this school. Yesterday, you got to look. Of the pleasure, Papa, you got an A+. Plus. Now we're going in and we're learning of everything in our life to be able to lay it down and pick up something that comes from Him. Something that only He can do. His ability, His anointing, His power, and etc. We're learning a whole new way of doing it. And we have, as you get the CD and you're listening to this, you can learn how to steward it. The next thing we're going to do now is, I am interested in how do we create a culture that is changing culture. I want you to know that all kingdom matters is matters of the heart. 
And that's what this is all about this weekend. So are we ready? Audience, wave to me. Are you ready? Okay, all of you, are you ready? Did you understand the instruction? Did you understand the instruction? Yeah. Yeah, and, and I would give, let me just give an example here so everybody can see. That's awesome. Nobody helping in the audience. Audience.
<laughs> there you go. <laughs> no, it, it, <laughs> Four times. <laughs> <laughs>
Are you okay? Can you see how we have a mess sometimes? Okay, let's have some talk then and let's have some communication. What, what are some of the lessons we can learn from this? What was the problem? Somebody was fright state. Okay, so it was a little fear up here. Just Okay. So that, that, that could be something. Sometimes we're not picking it up because there could be certain nervousness or fear. And, and what I did, I did it purposely also. I said, oh, here's the rule and here's the audience and what do you believe in? So I set up some of the stage to create an environment also to make it a little more difficult. That is not the solution. We're going to find a solution. But that, is, that creates a little bit more difficult to do it. Yes. So, so you didn't understand the content, or you didn't. Un- you thought it was a crown, and not that. Okay, just continue. Let, what 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 other lessons can we learn from this? There was a yeah, but actually that is part of it, and that's half the fun of it. I mean, I did it. it it's worth just for us to laugh. Laughter is a good medicine. So I mean, this is this is not about anybody. Saying, I've done it with CEOs. I don't with wool leaders. I've done in all kinds of settings. Yes, sir. Yeah. 
Okay, so it's difficult to imitate something when you do not. It could be also a message with a rod. You can do the whole rod thing. But in the next moment, you go out and you deal with your situation your way. You're dealing with your finances your way. Because somehow you got it, but it hadn't got you yet. And, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm about to get to a point in regard to this that is very much connected. So it was very good what you're saying. And it's exactly, yes. Okay, so how many believe in that, that the mind sometimes observes something differently than it actually happened? You can have a car accident, and five people was looking at the same car accident. They have five different ideas of what's actually happening. Uh, interpretation and version, and some of that have to do with the glasses we have on, how we see it, if you have color blindness, or if you have tunnel vision, or etc. Yes, ma'am. Lack of communication, okay, so they didn't communicate it clear enough or well enough. That's, that's an important lesson. Yes, sir? Okay, so observation is not always perception. That's very good. Yes? Okay, so you say using the body language is not enough. But what I'm saying is, what I did in the end here, <coughs> I, did, I put an explanation. I normally don't do it, but I put an explanation. I was just shown, and afterwards still, I can move it from about 10% to about 80 90% if I was able to communicate clearly what I just explained to you. And that's what she's talking about. <coughs> if I said to you, kind of a William Tell, if I said to you, okay, here, I'm... Going down, I'm picking up an apple. If I said that to each person, I'm picking up an apple, okay? Can you see the apple? Visualize that. I dry the apple. I'm going to breathe on it three times. Dry it off three times on my shirt. Put it on the head. Go down, get bow, arrow, shoot. I mean, if I explained all of those things, but the person got a visualization of what was going on, they could capture it. We're talking about now lessons. You had a lesson last night, some of you. You had lessons this morning. We talked about the rod. My thing is how can I get from the 10% to about 80%? That's what I'm interested in. What is a, there's a key word. If you say one word, one word that I'm looking for today. <coughs> Communication, perception, similar, but there's another word I'm looking for. Yes, sir. Trust is another one, yeah. That's all these important, but it's one key word that I'm looking for. Understanding, that's it. Understanding. Say understand. I, I, I did a little bit on it yesterday, but we, we are going to capture this right now. Mark 4.13 says, If you do not understand, say understand. Standing under. If you do not understand this parable, you will not understand the parables. What? Jesus is saying here, Mark 4.13, if you do not understand this parable, you will not understand the parables, Mark 4.13. What he's actually saying here is, if you do not get hold of this one, you will not. It doesn't matter. I can show you every parable that is here. But if you don't get understanding of this first one, that's the alignment for all the other parables. If you can get this, then we can certainly get this down the line and we can get the work done. But if you don't get this, it's going to be a mess up down the line. And pretty much the parable is about a sower. Say sower. Second of all, it's about seed. Say seed. And third, it's about soil. Say soil. 
that's the parable about the sower and the seed. But here it is. There's four different types of soil. And it doesn't matter how powerful the prophecy over your life. If the soil is not ready, the heart is not ready. I, I don't know if you're getting it. But this is very important because we have to understand, understanding the type of soil. And here is the cycle that I started yesterday. Say, understand. What you do not understand, you don't know how to value. Say, value. What you don't know how to value because you didn't have the understanding, so you didn't have a value. Because if I explain it to you and now it had value to you, you were stewarded. Say stewardship. Now when you know how to steward it, you know how to multiply it. Say multiply. When you know how to multiply it, you will get authority. Say authority. So let me say it in what you don't understand, you don't know how to value. What you don't know how to value, you don't know how to steward. Well, you don't know how to steward, you don't know how to multiply. And you, well, you don't know how to multiply, you don't get authority. Are you getting it? So this is the cycle, to put it in the positive. What I do understand, say what I do understand. I value. I value God's rod. God's presence. Doesn't matter how big the circumstances are, the question is, what do I have in my hand? What is it that he has given me? Is it his promise? His sufficiency? His presence? His power? His authority? Right before I walked into this meeting, I spent an hour with one of my closest, dearest friends who was here two years ago when I was here. His name is Todd Bevan. Some of you will remember Todd. He's my armor bear. He's a Jonathan in my life. Todd Bevan is struggling with stage four cancer. He's eaten up by cancer. He is pretty tall, six foot, about two, six two, maybe six three. Todd is a sports star, had beautiful. He has actually four children. And Todd is right now, as I'm saying, in a situation where he said, Daddy, uh, he calls me dad or papa. He is a year older than me, but he still calls me papa. Todd said, Do you know that I always said that I trusted him? But he said, How can I say that I really trust him when there was something else I could trust in? He said, I, I trusted that Jesus would heal me. But when there was chemo, when there was radiation, when there was other things that I could trust in, how can I? I'm not saying we shouldn't do chemo. I'm just talking about somebody has come to a point when there's nothing else that works. That's what I'm talking about. He said, when, when I don't have the health to go to work, when they, they will not accept because there's nothing the medical community can do. They cannot do any chemo. They cannot do any radiation. The cancer is spread all over. And I have a beautiful wife and beautiful children. How can I say, I said it, I, all of this. I mean, this is just your rod, God. I've listened to your message. But to be honest with you, I didn't know about all the poisonous nature and all of these things. But he said, Papa, I can tell you something. Right now, I can say, I trust him. I don't have anything else to trust him. He is my health. He is my family. He is my sufficiency. He is the provider for my wife. He is going to be the father that is for my children. Every day is a blessing. I wake up today as the biggest blessing in this life. I don't have tomorrow, and there's nothing I can do about yesterday, but I have today. And I'm living life in full today, and I trust him. I trust him. I trust him, and he will show me. Before, I said, show me, show me, show me, and I will trust you. 
And I was just thinking about the interesting thing. Todd understands. And now because he understands, he values. And when you value, you steward. When you steward, you get to multiply. And the word for this season for you is be fruitful and multiply and take dominion. The Father's blessing is, and I want you to know that, what many of us are doing is we're trying to perform for a promise. God says, be. But you cannot do without the Father's blessing. This is the frustration for so many people. You don't have Papa's blessing. You don't have the Father's blessing. The Father blessed them and says, now be. Didn't say do. He says, be. Be fruitful. Be love. Be joy. Be peace. Be. Now what you become, now you multiply. You multiply. Multiply. If you can multiply it, you will get authority. You have become the message. Are you getting it? Be fruitful. Multiply. And then you have dominion over what you become. So you have dominion over fear when you've been perfected in love because perfect love casts out fear. You have dominion over the storms that is around you when you have become peace. And you do not just say shalom without having shalom. Are you getting it? So that's the difference. So the soil is a very important thing. The heart issue is a very important thing. And in this season, here's the way that God is setting it up. And I'm just giving you a little bit of language connected to this very thing. This, this, the story is we are learning how to lean. Say lean. The rhythm of heaven, this is the rhythm of heaven, is knowing when to lean forward and when to lean back. That's the rhythm of heaven. When you are leaning forward, you are releasing. You're leaning back, you're receiving. When you're leaning back, you're beholding what you're beholding. Here's how it looks like. If you created waves, even what you saw yesterday, what I did is I'm coming and looking. I'm going back. I'm getting a look. The look comes down. I look. I'm going back there, receiving love. Love comes down, and it turns. It goes up, down, and then it flows out, comes back, up, down. This is the rhythm of heaven. Lean forward, lean back, lean back, lean back. Receive my love, my love. And then when you receive it, you release it. Receive my joy. Whoa. And then joy comes. <laughs> comes down and then you start to release because in his presence there's fullness of joy. Whoa! Then it is receiving peace. Whoa! It comes down and then it goes out. You leak and release and create an environment because of this environment. I'm just sharing a little bit about a culture that is changing culture and it has to do with the important thing is God loves to invest. And he wants to invest in a good soil. The soil has to do with the hearts. 
But the importance of the heart is to understand the rhythm, how it operates. Because so many times when we are leaning forward, God is leaning back. And sometimes some of you that are inclined to lean back, we're comfortable of leaning back while God is leaning forward. And he's teaching us the rhythm of when to lean back and when to lean forward. And that is the whole rhythm of heaven, how it flows. And there's a season just to be holy, to be in his presence. When you're leaning back, you are like a lamb. But when you're a lamb in the secret places leaning back, you can be a lion when you lean forward. And you will roar and people will gather instead of scatter. It all has to do with what kind of a roar because there's two different lines. But if you're just in a lean forward kind of a mode, you will roar, but people will scatter. <clears throat> because it's not coming from the Lamb's heart. Are, are you getting it? So this is an important part of connecting this heart to heart. We're learning how to lean heart. Say lean heart. And can I just be a little extreme with you? Would that be okay? A little bit about my journey that this is, I'm landing it in the next five, six minutes, 15 minutes. We're going to be out of here. But uh, I hope this afternoon session is going to be life-changing for many of you. Because you're going to find out what you have in your hand. We're going to learn how to, on a daily basis, 28 days, say 28 days. You're constantly going to ask God, what do I have in my hand? And then you lay down anything there that you're questioning about. 28 days, say 28 days. You're laying down it, that's health, if that's business, if that's finances, when it becomes your burden, your struggle, your ministry, your this, your that, until it becomes his, his, his. It's his business. It's his present. It is his promise. It is his goodness. It is his kindness. It is his love. It is him. It is him. It's him. I'm not worried about his business. That's his business. I'm learning just how to steward what belongs to him. And all I do is what my papa is doing. All I say what my papa is saying. I'm living in this rhythm. And I speak, I declare what he says to me. And when I speak it, word is becoming walls. Environments are being changed. But I've been in a season for four years since my tumor that almost killed me. That's when he taught me the lesson. I maybe shared it last year, but I know there's a lot of new, not two years ago, but there's a lot of new people. But I feel it's just connected to the end of this session too. And that was when my tumor, they cut me open and I got the stitches all over here and I had an eight and a half inch scar. And when they stapled me together, I was so weak and I had lost about 46, 47 pounds at the time. And, and I, I went to... And my spiritual papa, his name is Jack Taylor, Dr. Jack Taylor. And I was hanging out at his apartment. I was very weak, and I was sitting with Papa Jack and Mama Frida. And they brought a surgeon and a prophet in the room and just to hang out with me. And I was still in the recovery mode. And, and this is when I started to learn the rhythm of heaven. So I wanted you just to. So, so when I was sitting in the chair, they was asking me some question. But I had so much pain, but I didn't have much strength. And my voice also after swallowing all of these Hosts, I don't know, because of hoses or tubes, yeah. It just, it was raw, so I didn't have much voice. So when I answered, I leaned forward, but it was painful. But then it was like, I leaned back. And this was going on. And then suddenly the prophet stopped and said, hey, guys, did you recognize that? When he was leaning forward, there wasn't an anointing. But when he leaned back, the glory came in. So can you do that again? And I leaned forward. 
they could feel the presence of God. But suddenly when I leaned back, there was this weight that came into the room. They said, could you do it again? And it happened it again. I didn't know I was doing it. I'm just giving you a little bit. And this is February 1st, 2009. I never forgot the day. So on February 1st, 2009, my spiritual son who has been here, Paul Yado, the Filipino son, he, uh, he was up in Iowa, Des Moines, Iowa, excuse me, Ankeny, Iowa, in the Heartland Assembly of God Church. So I just sit in there, and then what I did with my heart is I just leaned my heart towards him. At that moment, I leaned. Say lean. John leaned. I want you to get this. John leaned into the bosom of Jesus. He leaned into the chest. He, he, there was something different. Here you have all the apostolic leaders gather in the room, and the people asking questions while John is leaning. What John was doing is, this is a good way to operate in the apostolic CEO meeting. John was leaning in there. What is the secret about leaning? What John did, he could feel what Jesus felt. He could hear the heartbeat and everything else. Peter is asking the question, but who is getting the answer? The one that know how to lean. Who is about to betray me? Because Jesus says, somebody is. And who is it, Peter? And John just leaned. And Jesus reveals it to John. And there's something about John in this season for me. Why is it that John was entrusted with what was the most valuable to Jesus? And you know what it was? His mama. His mama. Well, why, why not Peter? Why not James? Why not his own brothers? Why, why is it a John? Because he knew how to lean. He knew his identity. Five different times in his gospel, he said, I'm the one that he loves. I'm the disciple whom he loved. That's the first stage. Can you say that? I'm his favorite one. I'm the one that he loves. It's not an arrogance. I want that for each one of my four children, that they have a revelation that if there were 7.2 billion people in this world, there's only one like me. That's the feeling. That it's a starting point. So identity. Say identity. John, the other thing that John had was intimacy. Say intimacy. He lived in an intimacy with Jesus. He used to be a sons of thunder, but then something changed in his life, and he learned intimacy, to be close, leaning. Another, number three is, and we don't like this one, fellowship of the suffering. Say that. That's another reason why he was entrusted with the future of the things to come. He got the revelation, the apocalypse. Why is it that John was entrusted? Why did he open up the curtain for the future for John? Why is it that John was the only one that they couldn't kill? They even boiled him according to historian Alexander. You cannot kill a lover. They tried to kill David. A bear did. A lion did. Saul did. Goliath did. But he's a lover. And John is a lover. Because love never fails. Just continue to keep going. They even boiled them. And later on on the island of Patmos, we know the story. The fellowship of the suffering. Say fellowship of the suffering. John was the only one on the cross. Where were the rest of the people when things is tough and difficult? John was the only one there at the resurrection. And I could just go on and on. I wrote down seven pages one day when God just gave me the download. Why he was entrusted with what was the most valuable to Jesus. And that's my challenge to individuals here. It's also for this family community. And if you're from another church, 
Can you be entrusted what is the most valuable to him? Will you host what is the most valuable to him? Will you, whoa, do it the way that he would do it? Do you have his heartbeat? Do you know who you are? Do you have intimacy with him? Have you been there and recognized the price that he paid? And et cetera, et cetera. Because the ones that gets what John had, they will be entrusted with all. John got the glory round, month and transfiguration, the raising of Lazarus. He got what the three got. He got what the 12 got. He got what the 72 got. He got what the multitude got. But he got something more. Say there is more. And this is part of what I'm called to do is to raise. So people like John, one thing man. There was only one John that was entrusted with a lot of things that he got it all. And whoever gets what John had, they will get it all. He learned how to steward what was the most valuable to Jesus. Would you take care of what is the most valuable to me? Would you take care? So the leaning of the heart started. So I'm there in Florida, and I think about Papa Jack is thinking about me, and he is my spiritual father. So I think about Paul, and I lean my heart towards Paul. It's early, early in the morning, and at that moment, there's a lightning almost from the that hit that goes through that several other people see. Three people sees me in Des Moines, in Ankeny, Iowa. I'm in Florida, recovering. They said, "Well, we saw him. He, he just showed up in a meeting." No, no. All I do is lean my heart. Uh, I, I'm not trying to go weird on you or go to charisma on this. I'm just, I talked about, is there something that we can enter into? What is it? Can I be here right now? And my wife, Jennifer, who has, I've uh, been married to for almost 25 years, she's amazing. But can I be so one with her that I know what's going on to be on this? And is that possible through covenant relationship? Is it possible for two people to become one? Can you be so one with him? That you can be on a distance and know what he is thinking before he's thinking it? Feeling what's going on? Could you be such a one with a community or covenant that suddenly you become so one that you have one mind, that you have one heart, one spirit? I, I'm just asking. And that you all are tapping into the same account that is being manifested. Can you lean hearts and suddenly now being on different parts and knowing what's going on? And you don't have to try to figure it out with one another because we know each other's hearts. Because we have had healed hearts. And we've learned how to lean hearts, first starting with him and then one another. Uh, are you getting it? This is, this is the journey, the heart journey that we're on together. So I lean my heart towards Paul, and he gets this download. And there's five pages he writes down. And as he writing down those five pages, it's the same five pages that I have. And it's about Elijah and Elijah. And there's only one word that, uh, that is NIV. The rest of it is New King James. But he changes that word. He's right exactly the same words, but we're in the different parts. Then he's thinking and leans his heart towards his wife, Almira, who is 14 hours difference in Philippines. And at that moment, Almira gets the same download. And she writes down exactly the same pages. I have the copy. I know it's normal. We've been abnormal for so long. When the normal is happening, we believe it is abnormal. How could Jesus... Only do what the father was doing. How could he only say what the father was saying? How could he be so in tune with Papa through the Holy Spirit? Can we, do we have the same Holy Spirit in us? Can we learn how to be so much in tune? Is it totally possible that through covenant relationship, not convenient relationship, that there's such a unity in the spirit, in a body of Christ, 
and we start to work in such a oneness that the body of Christ is so healthy that if the enemy attacks one of us, he attacks all of us, and the whole immune system starts to attack whatever that force is, and the finances, or the cancer, or the family relationship, automatically people are being healed, and about 90% of the healing is taking place just because we are connected through covenant relationships. So that started my journey on a raising up a culture after God's own heart. And in today in 22 nations, I could tell you so many stories. So I leaned my heart to mirror, and this started a ripple effect around the world. And that was just my starting journey. I was in Casper last week, and they, I started to teach them about this last year. And they tapped, they, 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 they capture into it. There was a relationship. They have not known for 11 years. They're just thinking about the relationship and the next moment there is a phone call. Then they're leaning their hearts towards someone that has been a conflict with through a previous church experience and that person walks into Walmart. They just start to lean hearts this morning before I came because we had a leadership meeting with the elders. But before I met with the elders, I leaned my hearts in 12 different parts of the world while I was sitting in my hotel room. And when I'm talking about leaning my heart, it's just that we are in heart relationship with different people. Know what's going on on Papa's heart, and I lean my heart towards it. Environment is changing because perfect love is casting out fear. And then when love moves in, the things that is not comfortable with love is being exposed. And I know what I'm dealing with, and we can do surgery in different parts of the world, including restoring prodigal sons. Through community, through family. If you don't have the model of what is in heaven, it's going to be difficult for us to capture this on earth. But I do believe that this is what Papa is after. I think he's after. And then what if, here's, what if this blazing fire is one community, and then there's another community church, and then there's another, and they get in covenant with one another. One would be entrusted with a glory, another one with science, wonders, and miracle, another one would be entrusted with something else, and they start to honor one another, and then suddenly as they start to honor, they worship, and they start to value one another, and they suddenly saying, instead of what can I get from these other four or five places that have what we need, they say, this is who we are, this is our value, and how can we add value to these other places, because whoever you honor, because honor is what love looks like so when you start to honor you start to love in a community setting suddenly now we can start to dream with god and the dreams of god will start to be released in the community but he will not trust what he is about to do with anyone because it is a family of families that are getting into covenant say covenant instead of convenient relationship it is covenant relationship that's why he's restoring the family back again so we are learning how to love well there's no control there's no manipulation there's not been one single time in seven and a half, eight years that I've been with Paul Yaro where I have told him what he had to do. There's been decision made, but it's his choice. There's freedom. Honor is the super glue that keeps us together. And honor is what love looks like. And I'm dreaming. I'm dreaming of a place like this, and then this will be connected. Now, Casper is carrying something. 
And right now in Minneapolis, there's another place called the house. They are carrying something. And they are learning some of these things that you do not have. And then you carry something they don't have. And I could just go on and on and on. Beth will have something. And we, before we know, so it could be then in the next moment that we suddenly, you can have access to 11 other accounts that what you need right here in California. But you need to honor what is there. But you also need to know your value, who you are, what you are carrying. And then starts to add value because you understand. Say understand. And then you start to value. Say value. And then you start to steward. Say steward. And then when you steward something, you will multiply. Say multiply. And then you get authority over it. Say authority. And now what you have authority over, that means you have become it. You have become it. You have become it. And what you become. Silver and gold I do not have. But what I have, I can give to you. Because you teach what you know, but you reproduce what you are. And then when you have something you can give to add value to other people, you grow in value. Could it be this is the way that God is setting up? Mission-wise, it doesn't matter who gets the credit. The old system is orphans would come to meetings like this. Give me, touch me, bless me, fill me. We put something in your orphan plates and you can go to Pakistan. So we buy some of your books and some of your products. I sell products. I scratch your back, you scratch mine. That's the orphan system and the orphan world. The reason I'm here is to honor. The reason I'm here is to invest. Don't have any agenda. But I know that then you start to honor. You're being honored. And suddenly you have a whole culture of freedom where suddenly everybody grows in value. And this is what's taking place. Congratulations. You're born for such a time as this. Congratulations. I've never seen anything like it. God is up to something. And it is working. It is called family. And heaven on earth is a family business. If God wanted something else than a family, he would ask you to call him something else than a father. Perhaps a pastor or CEO. Or but it is my papa and it is your papa and it is our father. And we honor his name. And we're going to see his kingdom come. And we're going to see his will be done. What's in heaven is going to come here on earth. On earth as it is in heaven. But when that starts to be prayed by a community of people that are in covenant, that knows Papa, that knows themselves as sons and daughters, that are fathers and mothers, and are in connection and in a unity with one another, and that very love that is between a father and son, that love starts to flow between one another here, then the world is going to see we're his disciple because the way we love one another. Are you getting it? Let's stand to our feet. I did well. Whoa. I was thinking time-wise. Just hold out your hands. How many of you, uh, is God speaking to you? Are you getting it? Is it getting you? Father, I'm just so overwhelmed by your goodness, by your kindness, by this beautiful divine exchange that is taking place in this room. Father, I get to lay down <laughs> my burden and experiencing your blessing. I get to lay down my shame and pick up your glory. I get to lay down the punishment that I deserve and be called, you are forgiven. I get to lay down my sin and pick up your righteousness. 
I even get to lay down my poverty, my lack, my insufficiency, and pick up your abundance, your sufficiency. I need you, Papa. I know you believe in him, but he says, I believe in you. And I just want to release over you right now. Spirit, soul, body, be sanctified. I just release that deep that calls to deep in you. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. We have been dreaming. Creation right now is moaning and groaning. California right now is moaning and groaning for the very manifestations of the sons and daughters of God. We are the sons. We are the daughters. We are the ones with a rod, with God's rod, with God's ability, with God's strength, with God's healing, with God's wisdom. We are the sons. We are the daughters. We are they. Creation is moaning and groaning for the very manifestation for you and I to become what we already are. I bless, I bless the rest, the rest of your life. Receive it. Sure. Be healed. Be healed. Be healed. Whoa. Be healed. Be healed. In the name of Jesus. Be free. Be free. Be free. Be free. In the name of Jesus. Be loved. Be loved. Whoa. Be loved. I'm your beloved. And you are mine. And I'm all you need. Be loved. 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 Be loved. And I'm just hearing him saying that I want you to love you the way that I love you. Give yourself a good hug. Embrace yourself and say, I love me. I love me. I love the way you made me. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am so valuable. Thank you for loving me, but I also love me the way that you love me. Thank you for the upgrade. Thank you for a new rod. What do you have in your hand? Number two, understanding. Understanding. Number three, will you value, will you take care, would you steward what is the most valuable to me? Just feel it for a few more moments. Lean forward. Just lean forward a little bit. And then lean back. Lean back. Lean back. Lean forward. Lean back. Lean back. <laughs> lean back. There it is. Whoa. <laughs> lean forward. Lean back. Lean back. Lean back. Whoa. 
<laughs> Receive my love, my love, my love. Let the waves of love just start to flow over you. It changes everything. Whoa, Baba. His love changes everything. Pum, 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 pum. Receive my joy. Whoa, whoa. Baba. Sure. Let, just feel the rest. You're going to feel this rhythm. It's going to flow into your car. It's going to flow into your homes. It's going to flow into the community. It's just resting and receiving. Whoa. Da, 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 da. Father, just uh, thank you so much for the way that everyone here is honoring your presence, how they are honoring covenant, how they are honoring community, how they are honoring this wonderful heart journey that we are in together, and how they are saying we, we understand that it is all about you and us and our journey together. Wow. Feel it. Whoa, whoa. The rhythm. And it's restful. Do you know that you can spend hours and hours and hours and it refreshes you? I have many times just when I'm operating, I can operate without sleep for days. I'm not recommending it, but it is just there's such a strength when the presence is there. When you just feel this rhythm, whoa, because you're first, just, all you're just giving away is what you're receiving. Whoa, you're receiving his love and you're giving it away. You're receiving his joy and giving it away. Hi, little girl. Whoa, come up. Hi, little girl. Whoa. <laughs> just rest in it. This is good for this afternoon. It's just to rest a little bit in it. It's good for you. Be lifted. Whoa. Be lifted. Whoa. Be lifted. Whoa. God bless you. It's good with a little kiss sometimes from Papa. Whoa. Even if it is in California. <laughs> Father, we just um, thank you for what you're doing here. And I just thank you. And I just want to remind people as we are now going to go to have dinner, you, the, the weight is here. Normally what we do is we're getting into the glory afterwards and creating miracles is taking place. So that's why I wanted to almost go from here. But I love when metal disappears and everything else. But this is, can you feel the rest? This, this is what it is. Do you know that you can just spend 15, 20 minutes in this atmosphere and you will sense people that has been burned out for months. The battery's been recharged. There's healing taking place. Renewals taking place. People are just thinking about things and it's happening. It's the creating environment, creating an atmosphere. We're hosting him and whoa, we're abiding in him. And when we're abiding in him, you can ask what you want and it's going to be given to you. It's just learning to abide. I just want to ask forgiveness for anyone 
that has misrepresented love. I want to ask forgiveness in behalf of anyone that, wow, misrepresented trust, people that you trusted. And I just felt that healing any distrust that has been. We're going to learn how to trust him totally. And we're going to learn how to trust one another. I just release right now a new freedom to receive his love. There it is. Go deep. I just want to mention that I have some tools and some books and some teachings out on the table, and I hope that you will um, buy a lot of it so I don't have to carry it home. <laughs> it's not going to go for mission. It's going to go for chocolate and Christmas present for my kids. I just want you to know. <laughs> the truth sets you free. So <clears throat> so if you... Uh, the purchase, we have uh, some special deals, three books for $25, but I really encourage you. These are the foundation messages, but I, I want to be able to, it's kind of what we're saying with our line, get hold of seeing through heaven's eyes so you get the right view of God, right view of yourself, right view of people and the future. Have an experience with the baptism of love, getting a healing of the orphan spirit. Get an upgrade series. If you need abundance, we have a journey to supernatural abundance, creativity, that if you suddenly have a problem financially speaking in front of you, so the question is, what do you have in your hand? Do you have loaves and fishes? We can feed the multitudes with loaves and fishes. The 12 baskets you have left over, that's how you become debt-free God's way. It's just a different way of thinking. It's called kingdom economics. So... Uh, I did that at Bethel, Atlanta, and it was just such a release over people's life in regard to finances. I just believe in uh, and, and I'm not talking about abundance for any other reason than so that we can do what God has called us to do and to be. That's what I'm talking about. So if you're afraid of blessings, the purpose of being blessed is to be a blessing. And I'm not apologizing for being blessed. I'm not here because I need anything. Uh, I, I live a lifestyle of abundance. That's why I have an opportunity to travel the world and add value to people. But I'm just saying for your sake that, that you can live a lifestyle of blessing and abundance to people so we can make a difference. Can we give Jesus a good hand? The weight is here. It's just. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Okay, I need a month to just take that in. But um, if uh, just to remind you, this is actually going to be on podcast. So um, is, that, is that cool? I never, I, last time you said it was cool and now good, it's still cool. I just forgot to check in with you first. So it's going to be on podcast. Um, <laughs> spread it out there. Spread it out on Facebook, he said. In fact, that reminds me, please, when you go to dinner, text somebody Put on Facebook. Tell, tell people to come back here tonight. It's going to be pretty full. In fact, we're probably going to be adding some chairs. But, but the the point is, is that if you, especially if someone God puts someone in particular on your heart, listen to that and and reach out to them and tell them to come back tonight. If you, if God puts it on your heart right now to bless life, just to bless them extravagantly, that's what these plates are up here for. You can do so, cash or checks to Blazing Fire. Um, so, again, the book table back there. Uh, my book's on sale, too. Um, so if you need a Christmas present about Papa's love for somebody, I know a lot of you have read it. Um, but that's back there as well. 
And um, last thing I would say is that for for Leif, um, I'm, I'm pretty quickly I'm going to whisk him away because he needs some dinner before tonight. So when it's time for him to go, let him go. And uh, and let, is it right away? Or are we going to right away? Okay, so we're going to pr- whisk out pretty quickly here. And uh, we'll see you tonight at 6 o'clock. Worship's going to start at 6, and we're going to go for more. Amen.